Welcome to the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. This episode contains a sermon from July 18th by our guest speaker, Pastor Ken Scrubs. I bring you greetings from Adamsville Baptist Church. Since I was here last, and my wife is here, of course, over sitting right next to Miss Lisa, and um, we're no strangers to Alaska. We're no strangers to Granville, of course, Granville. And we're no strangers to you all. Um, the last time I came, I was still, she and I were still heading up a, um, a mentoring ministry outreach, working with children for which we had worked with them for, we've been doing that for the last 25 years. And just when we thought that we would be heading into the sunset and relaxing and doing the things that retired people do, the Lord brought forth an opportunity to become a senior pastor. And for 25 years or so, we worked with children. And for the last two years, we've been working with children. Yeah. Most of the church was over 65, and they were all in their second childhood. I thought once we passed 60 that everything felt in order and the gears all matched and things just went on very effortless, you know, effortless. No, it doesn't happen. We still have issues. We still have to press in to the market, the prize at a high call. But it has been wonderful. It has re-engaged me. There was a time I asked the Lord, my prayer was, as I was getting older and as I have petitioned him for wisdom, daily wisdom, godly wisdom, because it is imperative that we have it. And I got to the point where it became clear that our lives have accumulated experiences, good and bad. We have learned the word and we retain some of it. We've come to know the Holy Spirit and we interact with him. But sometimes what that does, it causes us to get in a mold that is Cruise control. And cruise control can be dangerous to us as Christians because we're no longer pressing in for the newness that the Lord has set forth for us. How many know that He's new every day? Every morning He's new. So I began to pray, and I'm, I know it was through Him.
because I began to pray, Lord, I don't want to just be in cruise control. I want to return to when I first came to you. When I came to you, I didn't know all of these things that I've learned, the things you've taught me. I didn't have all of these experiences because that's what happens. We get, we get all of these things we've learned and all of these experiences, and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But I say, what I want, Lord, is I want to have the passion for you that I had in the beginning, the passion of a child. The love for God, that we don't have all of these experiences and our focus is just Him. See, I believe that's what the Lord wants for us. He wants us to have these experiences and to have the wisdom, but He also wants us to have a passion for him. You see, because the passion becomes directions and ministry in our lives. When we lose that, we begin to go on autopilot and autopilot says, if it's good, I'm going to deal with it. If it's not, I'm going to avoid it. But how many know God allows storms in your life to bring forward more of him? In other words, God controls the storms. He controls them. So if we avoid all of them, there are things about him we will never know. So this morning, I wanted to spend some time talking to you. Now, if I, you know, if I weep, it's because the spirit of the Lord, when he comes upon me, that's what I do. I used to kind of say, Lord, stop making me cry. <laughs> okay, Ken, how do you want me to do that? <laughs> do you want me or not? So you all can go and say, it was the big baby in our church today, and he cried a little bit, but his sermon was okay. <laughs> this, this cup is beautiful, isn't it? And from, from where you are, you assume what's in it. But we, we don't know, do we? Because we have no way of telling. But if we, we now know water is in it. And what's in it came out of it. It was shaken rigorously enough that what was in it came out of it. So it is today in our country. We've been shaken. And as a result of the shaking that's going on in the country we love, there are things that have come up and come out that would sometimes make us very uncomfortable. So much so that they, we don't even talk about them, but we have to. And the reason why we 
talk about them is because we know who we are. We are children of the Most High God. And the well-being of this country depends a lot on how we stand, maybe not stand, on how we kneel in this moment. You see, we don't need a lot of theology right now. What we need is neology. Neology make all the difference in the world. Neology acknowledges that he's God and we're not. And if he allows it, he's going to use it. Can I get an amen? Now, if you give me some amens, that encourages me. Yeah, I get, you know, look at that, you know, to a, to a 400 hitter in baseball, it's like throwing him a fastball. He can hit the fastball. Y'all don't even understand what I'm talking about, do you? <laughs> it's, it's easy to hit, guys. It's a pitcher and a batter, it's easy to hit. Paul and Peter spoke to us vividly about our Lord, Jesus. And how he purposely focused on the Father. Randy and I were, this whole week we were, you know, we were changing scriptures and, and praying at night. And we got to discuss Jesus on this particular night in terms of even though while I was talking with him, I looked over and he had gone to sleep. He was sitting up in the bed sleeping. And I said, wake up, man. But we talked about how Jesus was focused on his purpose. When we hear about purpose-driven life, there was no one like Jesus. Because Jesus did nothing on his own. If you look in the book of John, you see three or four or five times where he says, I do nothing on my own. I only do what I hear from the Father. And I asked Randy, I said, do you think it's strange to see God praying to God? Yeah. God praying to God. Because Jesus was all God and all man, as it says in Colossians. But there he was. They'd wake up in the morning and he'd be up in the hills praying. He'd do miracles and he would pray for us. Before he raised Lazarus out of the day, he said, Father, you know, I'm doing this because I want them to know you. God praying to God. So if Jesus was focused on not doing anything outside of the Father's directions, then we need to have the same position. So today, I wanted to spend some time speaking to you about what's the cost or the price 
of the God kind of love. The God kind of love. Because the God kind of love does not come easy. It comes with a sacrifice. All through the scripture, you see God's love accompanied with a sacrifice. And the sacrifice, the scripture tells us, bring forth a sweet aroma to the Lord. Now, it's not that God is a masochist. But what he wants out of us is for us to humble ourselves and to see everyone we meet greater and to be willing to serve in whatever capacity that he warrants to draw others to him. That's not easily accomplished. So I want to talk to you today about that cost. Right in the middle, right? Oh, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Hmm. A manner worthy. I thought about this scripture for a while. And I wanted to lead into it because I pulled in a correlating scripture. To walk in a manner worthy of your calling. We, are the, we, we have the high call of God. The scripture says in Romans 8, 14, those who are led by the spirit of God are in fact the children of God. And if you're children of God, you're heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And that the spirit that indwells us, such as what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, when he says, Know ye not that your body is the temple of God, and the spirit of God dwells within you. You are not your own. You have been purchased with price. So we have to live, we have to walk. And walking simply, because walking denotes how we live. We live with not only that vernacular, but with that character. God-like character. Because when we don't, get this now, we're in violation of the third commandment that says, <laughs> do not use the name of the Lord in vain. Can I get an amen? amen? You're probably saying, I've heard that commandment for 100 years and I've never heard anybody use it like that. Well, that's why Randy has me up here. <laughs> that's why I'm here. You know, I'm always on him about how he treats me. And we do love Lisa. Sometime. I don't have to say it, do I? I just say sometime. Right, Lisa? Sometime. Preach on. See there? 
<laughs> that was a non-committal yes, by the way. Paul wants to make very clear that we, we're different. And in chapter four, he says it twice, walk worthy of the calling you receive. And then he says, we are to walk different than those in the world. Our walk is to be different from those that are in the world. That's important, we understand that element. In chapter five, he goes on to say that we are to walk in the light. Well, we know light is the opposite of darkness, but light can't be consumed by darkness. So if we're walking in the light wherever we go, we bring light into dark places. And that's, isn't that why Jesus stepped out of eternity into time? To bring the light of God here to earth because of so much darkness? And then he says, and I think verse 7 in chapter 5, he says, walk in wisdom. And let me tell you a little bit about wisdom. And every day, look, I was crying out for wisdom so that I just, he didn't say it to me, but it became pressed in me that I need not make wisdom an idol. Because when I read what it said, it said in Proverbs that wisdom is the principal thing in all of your getting, get godly wisdom. Now, when, look, when the Lord says something is principal, we all should take note of it. And we should exercise it every chance we get, godly wisdom. Amen? So, that brings us to yes there we go can you see it chapter 5 follow God example King James says imitate be imitators of God that's a high call, isn't it? To be imitators of God. Now, here's something to think about. He has given us a model. And because he lives inside of us, it's not that we have to go running to try and find him. We have him living inside of us. He goes on to say, I'm having trouble seeing it from that place back there. Won't you all read it for me? Come on, everybody read it for me. words as a fragrant offering 
and a sacrifice. Hmm. You know, Ephesians 1 is the only verse in Scripture that commands us explicitly to imitate the Lord. Yeah, isn't that something? Nevertheless, through the Bible, we find passages from which we may deduce our, our father's desire that his people would copy his character. And we see that in John 13 and 15 when they're having the Passover meal. The last one. Scripture tells us that at the conclusion, Jesus gets up and he disrobes and he puts on a towel and he gets a loincloth in a basin of water and he washed their feet. And of course, Peter being who he was, was enraged. Don't do that. And Jesus says, yes, I got to do it. But Jesus says something afterwards was amazing. He says, you call me Lord and Master. And you say it well. You say it well. You say that I'm your Lord and your Master. And if I am, you do for others what I have just done for you. And the scripture says, I have left you an example. That's what Christ says. I've left you an example. So we have an example. And then there's a second one. I remember many years ago reading these two, and I'm I was taken by it. First Peter 2 and 21. Peter talks about what Jesus went through and how difficult it was, the suffering he underwent. And Peter says this, what he says here. Jesus suffered for us leaving us an example. Now, nobody runs around. By the way, I normally have my cloth too, because I, I'm an old jock. You know, you, I, I sweat profusely. And I asked Randy to get me a towel, and he brought me a bath towel. And I said, hey, bro, why you buy me such a, why you bring such a big towel? He said, well, you told me you sweat a lot. So Lisa, from now on, literally tell him exactly what it is you want, and he's going to do it. Right? Not. But the Lord has not left us on our own. And it becomes very elementary, those things that we can, we can be reminded of, to put in place, to help us to be who he's called us to be. Now, now, understand, we can't change America. We can be part of the change in America. But here's what I've learned. To the world, you may be one person. But to one person, you may be the whole world. To one person, 
one at a time, you may be the whole world. Let me bring to mind to you one man that the Lord sent in a totally different direction. And his name was Philip. And Philip was in the midst of one of the great revivals in Samaria. And the Lord told him to stop and to go south down to Gaza to travel a, a, a route <laughs> that was least traveled. But he went, he followed instructions, and he met the Ethiopian eunuch. And the Ethiopian eunuch was a man of power, and he went to North Africa, and it flourished. To one person, you may be the whole world, to change their world. Look at this. Man, no, I can't see this. Hmm, where's Jeremy at? Okay, Jeremy. I had a bonus for you, but I'm going to hold on to it now because I can barely read it. Can you all see that? Yes. Look at this. A young child often learns to draw. Well, you read it. Go on. I'm having trouble right here. You read it again. This is even better than I thought. I was going to read it, but it's good to you all read it. Can you all see it? You all read it. I'm going to listen to you read it to me. Read it to me. have the Spirit of God living inside of us and we can utilize him to interact with him on a daily basis to help us. We have him as, you know, I call it the library of the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. If you recall what a library used to be, Back in the days in the 80s and so forth, you went to the library because all of the information of everything was in the library. Well now, we have the Spirit of God living inside of us. And the Lord has done everything that we're in need of. So what we see in that model, I want to read you something. The God kind of love is the love of giving, not getting. He loves us when we forget him, when we disobey him, when we fail to return his love, and when we grieve his Holy Spirit. He still loves us. And I love what James Robinson said. He says that love is, or it releases the river of God. Love releases the river of God. Now think about that for a moment. That's aligned with what Jesus said to the Samaritan woman at the well, when he says, if you knew who was talking to you, you would ask him for the living 
water. That's the river of life. James Robinson, he had it. Warren Wisby says this. Here's what he says. He says that love is the circulatory system in the body of Christ. Now we understand what the circulatory system does. Look here. Veins and arteries bring blood to and from the heart to other parts of the body. But also it is filtering out carbon dioxide and we have oxygen. It is bringing the nutrients and things of that nature we need. So when he says that it is the circulatory system, look at the love of God is everything. Because without it, we die. This is why Christ says, you're going to be known by your love. And if you don't love, you got a problem. The shaking in America today, two sides, one side calling for righteousness and the other side calling for justice. We don't get in that fight. We say, whoa. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Because I'm about my father's business. I hear about families splitting, friendships diminishing. And so go, wait a minute, if those are Christians, something's wrong. <laughs> we give that to the Lord. Do we not? Can't hear you. Do we not? Yes. 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 I, I close with this. Matthew 16. Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples. And a lot of stuff is happening. Because he's trying to tell them that he's getting ready to go to the cross. And some of them are back there arguing about who's going to be the greatest in heaven. So he says to them, the son of man is going to be going to Jerusalem. And, and he's going to suffer and die and be resurrected. And Peter says, that's not going to happen. And Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan. Because see, it was interfering with his purpose. Then he says something we all need to be mindful of. He says, if you want to find your life, you will have to lose it. And if you want to lose your life, trying to hold on to it the way we sometimes do. Humility is everything. Let me say this to you about humility. Humility is the soil for which grace takes root. Let me say it again. Humility is the soil for which grace takes root and grow.
We know that because the scripture says, he gives grace to the humble. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Can I get an amen? So as I close, okay, Jeremy. Jeremy, you and I are still friends. We're not going to let this get between us. Uh-oh, I missed one. Back it up, Jeremy. There you go. I can't see it again, but, but, but look, you know what? I love this because you all got to read it. Huh? You got it? Read it for me, God. Let me hear it. Hold on. Whoa. Really? Imitating God is a costly endeavor. What does it cost you? Huh? It costs you, you. It costs you that one that lurks inside of you that never wants to humble himself. It's called self. Now, you know yourself very well. It knows you. And you've become accustomed to it. And if you're not careful, self will run your life. Let's keep reading. Go on. One that requires daily You see, the disciples couldn't imagine God dying for them. They could not. They couldn't phantom. You're raising people from the dead. You're feeding thousands. My goodness, the seal, look here, the, the cripple is walking, the blind is seeing. You, and you're going to die? But they missed it. They missed what Isaiah said. That he was bruised for our inequity. That he would die. And that healing would be the children's bread. He exchanged his royal robe for the cloak of sin worn by a human race. He submitted to death. He submitted to that. And think about who Jesus is. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he submitted to that. And death on the cross. But he, look here. He submitted to that to defeat that. And what I love, we see the creator become his creation to save his creation. That's radical. The creator became his creation to save his creation. Buddha didn't do that. Muhammad didn't do that. Confucius and all those guys didn't do that. And on top of that, we have the evidence of it 
living inside of us. The tomb is empty. Amen. Scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us. That we might, we might take on the gift of salvation and follow the process of sanctification which means to be set aside that the Lord can use us for one person at a time in this time when we have all that we're seeing just know don't be discouraged remember we don't need as much theology as we need neology because what neology does for us it gets us in contact with him and remember Crying out to the Lord is not a long-distance call. He lives inside of us. So here's the question as we close. And I kept you a little late, but that's okay. I think you all can take it out on Randy. <laughs> what has the God kind of love cost you? What does it cost you? Have you really, readily died to yourself? And what would happen if you were shaken? Have your life been shaken? I know mine has. And often what comes up are some things I know I need to give to the Lord. Some things I've been holding on to. Hurt, harm, shame, unforgiveness. See, when we think about the Lord, we remember who he is. He's, he's tenderhearted. He's kindness, he's slow to anger, and boy is he loving. That's our father, and that's what we want our fathers, don't we? Of course. And then, we're to be mindful. The sin that put him to death was itself put to death. And that great act of love was to God a fragrant offering. I hope today this message has been a blessing to you. And, and I want to, as I close, I want to say this to you. I love Randy and Lisa and their boys. I do. And I want to continue to love them with the God kind of love, which is ready to sacrifice if we have to. I have others, those that are in the congregation, those that I know, that each day I pray for them by name. And if I can't think of all of the things that I would like to ask the Lord to do for them, here's my prayer. Lord, I pray that they will have a close and personal and intimate relationship with you. You see, that will do it 
for all of our hearts, a close and personal and intimate relationship with our Father through his word, through Jesus, through the Spirit. The Spirit is often grieved because we act like he isn't. He is. He's the one who sustained us. Talk to him. Come to know him. That's where the intimacy is. Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. For more information, check out our website at gbcak.org.